boom, episode two. Um, so I was listening to episode one, and <laughs> for whatever reason, well, I know the reason now, but it like it ended. Um, I was listening, and I and, and I got on the subject of about World War Two and stuff, and about the soldiers. And then it just started fading away. I'm like, what's going on? I didn't know it ended like that. So my apologies. I, fi- I figured out what happened. And I think I fixed it this time. Let's hope I fixed it this time. Um, I got a call. Uh, I'm recording this on my iPhone. So I had got a call. And that ended the um, the recording. I had no idea. I, deleted, I ignored the call. I kept talking. And I realized. And then when I got done talking, I hit done recording. You know, post. And then I listened back, and um, one of my clients actually listened and said, I was listening, and it ended, and you left us on a cliffhanger, which was also, I guess, pretty cool. So, what I want to do is I want to finish talking about what I was talking about in episode one, and then we get going with episode two. So, what I was saying was, if they would have let those soldiers, the way medicine was back then, if they would have let those soldiers come home straight after the war, that would have been World War III because of how fucked up and, and how much nutrients they were missing and how skinny and sick they were just due to the, the amount of maltrition, um, you know, the neglect in their uh, health just due to medicines and, and how, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, I guess how financed the military was back then. They would have, uh, it would have been World War Three because the housewives would have, the wives would have uh, attacked, I guess, the leaders of America for letting them come home or even for them, for letting them get like that. So what they did was they put them in about rehab for six months just to get some meat back on their bones. Those who survived actually for them to, to get well. Um, so that's just what I was talking about in episode one before it ended. So that's just how bad medicine was in comparison to now. Soldiers are like super soldiers. You know, the active duty ones, the ones that's actually in the war, like, you know, they're like six foot five, jacked, you know, like Captain America type status. (laughs) Um, Sorry, I'm in my car again and it's raining. It's probably a lot more noise. What I tried to do was record it on my... um, Apple AirPods, my fiance got me for Christmas. I love these things. So I had to have my Bluetooth on, but it kept wanting to connect to my car. And when it connects to my car, it automatically plays my music. So I decided instead of it just cutting me off, the recording cut me off and my music starting just out of nowhere, I decided just to turn Bluetooth off and talk into the microphone on my phone. Hopefully it's not too much in uh, music, I mean, uh, noise interference, but I'm pretty sure it is. I don't plan on, trust me, I do not plan on recording these in my car all the time. That's definitely not, like, a thing or trend that I'm trying to start or anything like that. Um, I know it's noisy. I went back and listened to my other one. I'm like, damn, I, I, I wish that I would have recorded the whole thing just in a, you know, with, like, some type of microphone and just better surroundings or whatnot. But it is what it is. Um, I got I to gotta do it. I don't have to, but I want to do it, and the only time I could do it is... Probably when I'm in the car to or from the gym. Um, speaking of the gym, I just left the gym. Uh, second day back in the gym from my Christmas vacation. I know on my la- last week I said that that was my last day before vacation. And I got back from vacation Wednesday. Had a great day at work yesterday. Had a great workout yesterday. Had a great workout today. Going to have a great day at work today. Um, you know, you just got to have that positive mindset. You got to speak it into the air. Speak into the existence. Sorry if it's hard to hear me over the rumbling of the wheels. Like I said, I got some knobby wheels on my Jeep. Nice little 4x4 jumps. Blacked out jumps. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I had a great vacation. Honestly, like, I originally planned to do a lot of more, a lot more lounging and wrestling than I did. Um, you know, naturally, I was on the go. I was busy. I was doing stuff. Me and my fiance were just running around practically the whole time we were down there. But it's it's cool because we were we were able to get out of our normal routines. I know for me, I came back with a peace of mind. I came back recharged. I came back refreshed. And sometimes that's all we need to do is just go and just change the routine. You know, change something. I'm not gonna get too deep into it, but just change your routine. If you feel stuck, if you feel uh, stagnant, just uh, change your daily routine. Maybe take a different road to work, or maybe just do something a little different in your day, your daily routine, and um, pick up a new hobby or something like that. It, it'll do wonders. The flags have staff. I think that means a, a police officer died or um, uh, mili- 
military officer died. Uh, I apologize if I'm wrong about that, but um, yeah, so that was it was a lot of fun. Um, went through about three bottles of wine on vacation. I, I recently got into this, I don't want to say addiction, but this fascination with wine, and I think that's because I found a wine that I liked. Um, barefoot, you can get it at Walmart, wherever, well, in Maryland you can't, you can only buy wine at either wine stores or liquor stores, but in Virginia you can buy alcohol, well, beer or wine, any, at almost any grocery store anywhere, which is pretty cool, you can just walk right to the gas station buy a six-pack in Maryland you cannot which is weird but uh, I think it's because Virginia is a Commonwealth state and they're able to make more money off the, off of the uh, alcohol tax but I talked about all that in my last podcast I didn't get too much of the Commonwealth thing um, but yeah so I went through about three bottles of wine on uh, within my five-day um, holiday vacation so but it was it was very worth it. It was joyful. I ate like a kid. <laughs> ate a lot of starchy foods, a lot of sweets. But at the same time, I deserve it. I have I have a lot of restrictions throughout um throughout the week. So sometimes I, I feel bad though. Like I feel guilty, and I shouldn't for like giving myself as much freedom that I do on like special occasions or my cheat meal days. I overdo it. I do. I overindulge. It's not, I'm going to be honest, it's not the greatest thing that I overindulge because, well, it is, but it ain't. Well, I'm going to say it like this. It's not the greatest thing that I'm, I'm as restricted as I am throughout the week because when I when I give myself the freedom to eat whatever I want to eat, I overindulge and then I end up feeling like crap. And if I don't physically feel like crap, I mentally feel like crap because I'm like, damn, I, I really ate that much. But it's really, in hindsight, it's not that. It's not bad at all. It's, it's what you do consistently that counts. Just like if you eat bad four to five times a week and you know two to three times a week you eat a salad you're not going to lose any weight so i can't really feel that bad in hindsight i'm still doing great you know i feel great i need to re-up on some vitamins i gotta get some vitamin c i gotta get some um uh uh some branch amino acids all that good stuff i don't want to get too deep into nutrition and um you know that stuff but there is stuff that i need i could be doing more for my health but hey you know i feel great and uh, a benefit of that is I feel like I look great. But anyway, um, find a routine, find a hobby, find something you enjoy doing outside of work. And then a lot of times, like for me, I got into um, what's the word I'm looking for? I got into fitness, and then that opened up a lane that maybe I could be like a personal trainer on the side. But I don't really want to turn something I enjoy doing into a business because then it's going to turn it into work and then I'm just not going to enjoy it anymore just like um podcasts and like I picked this up as a hobby uh maybe there's some money in it I don't know if that if there comes a day where I'm making money in it I don't want it to feel like it's work I don't want you know I do these because I enjoy doing it even though it's just episode two I enjoy talking and I hope everybody enjoys listening um you know I just like talking <laughs> uh not not that people that I talk to in person interrupt me by any means, but I like, you know, I'm very opinion, opinionated and I like getting my, you know, my opinion across and um, all that good stuff. That reminds me, yesterday I was doing a tattoo, right? I was doing a tattoo on a client, really cool dude, he's a nice guy. Um, he he was telling me because he was originally wanted like a Virgin Mary tattoo and he, he changed his mind because his mom thought that was disrespectful because she said, why would you... You know, you're being a hypocrite because you're putting something relating to God on you, but you're you're committing a sin. That's that's what he told me, like how his mom put it. I'm like, well, what sin are you committing? He was like, well, she thinks tattoos are a sin. I was like, well, technically, the Bible, the King James Version wants you to believe that, you know, shouldn't mark your skin, this, that, and the third. Uh, the King James, for one, is not the original Bible. Um, I, I do know, well, you know, of course, that's the Bible that modern-day Christians go by. I believe in God, you know, I pray, but half of King James is handwritten due to the uh, the standards that people, that civilization had at that time and era. It has nothing to do with um, the standards of God. Like, why would, if if it's not harming us in the long run or, the or, or you know, harming us or the next person, as long as it's nothing offensive, God doesn't care what we put on our skin. It's, you know, you, you go to heaven in a flawless soul form, so... You know, you leave your physical body, your physical things on earth, in the ground, or, you know, however you just, 
you know, when that time comes and then you go to heaven in um in in flawless soul form if you're you know, if you're uh what's the word I'm looking for? If you're destined to go to heaven, I guess. But yeah, so the art you put on your body has nothing to do with how you're viewed in God's God's eyes, especially in this day and age. Like look at the amount of evil and bad things that are out there. Like why would that something that uh I don't want to say petty, but something like that. Why would that change how God looked at us? Like, honestly, it's how we approach other people, you know? Like, if you're just a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, if you're a nice person, if you, you know, we're nice to a certain degree. You don't want people running over top of you. But if you're if you're just not out here just looking to do the next person wrong, you're, you're good, you know? Uh, but anyway, enough of that. But anyway, I have a lot of opinions about that, but I don't want to get too deep in my belief on religion, but I'm very opinionated. Um, just And I base my opinions off of real-life situations, off of real-life experiences, and I feel like we all do that. But at the end of the day, opinions are like assholes. We all have them. Meaning, if you're someone who has to constantly state your opinion, you're an asshole. I said that at one time. I was like, opinions are like asshole. We all got them. Somebody was like, not such and such. You don't have an asshole. I'm like, what? How, how does someone not have an... I don't know. I was just like, what? And it's like the same person had an exception to everything I said. I'm like, bro, there's an exception to everything in life. But for the most part, like I'm speaking statistically, we all have assholes. Like as a human race, we have assholes. Like it might be one of every 100 people that just for whatever reason, either medically or whatever, just doesn't have an asshole. But statistically speaking... When you're speaking about a group of people, you're speaking about the, the, the majority. So, you know, I hate when people bring up an exception to try to prove a point. Like, bro, that, that that's not a valid, that's <laughs> not a valid, you know, exception. That's not a valid point. So get out of here. But, uh, you know, I can't be too, I can't be too hard on people who are opinionated because I'm opinionated. Um, but like I said, my opinions are based off of real life experiences, stuff that I've seen. Other people's are based off of either what they see on social media or whatever. And that's another thing that I have a strong opinion about. I don't want to get too deep into it. I don't want to offend anyone. But I will just put it in a nutshell that I feel like majority of stuff we see on social media is uh, fabricated. It's one thing can happen, like a tragedy can happen. All of a sudden, a week later, you see a new tragedy and you forgot all about the last tragedy. I'm just going to say I believe most of it's fabricated. I try to filter out how much social media I, I look at on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, I find myself scrolling through Facebook, through Instagram or Twitter, and I'm like, what am I looking for? You know, Twitter's cool because I th it's not as much negativity as Facebook. Facebook is the worst for me. I realize that everything and anything's put on Facebook, and it's because more people use Facebook. Twitter isn't as negative. Like, there isn't as much, well, from what I've seen on my, my timeline, it isn't as much um, just bullshit, you know? Like, it isn't someone sharing a kid getting raped or shot like yeah i understand like people on facebook want to bring awareness to that but at the same time like we don't need to see that if you're having a great day and you see that that's gonna fuck up your day you know like don't don't share that like i don't want to see it when it says click here to uncover photo like i don't want to see that shit i want to have have a good day not saying that something seeing something small or something uh that trivial it's going to mess up my day but it could you know it, it it could be that you know you could just be getting into a rhythm of feeling great from a rut and you see something like that and it just fucks up your you know this this new positive outlook you're trying to have so let's make that my 2019 um goal is to just Stay off of social media, especially Facebook, as much as I can. I'll go in there and I'll post. Unless somebody says, you know, something about Facebook I need to go see. If it's positive, I'll go check it out. But I'm going to make that my 2019 goal. Because I'm I'm be honest. I feel like a lot of shit that's on Facebook is, is crippling to our own positivity, to our own, you know, our own perception on ourselves. Because we like to compare ourselves to stuff we see on social media. You know, it sets a certain standard that's just not real life. Um, and I want to say what I started off by talking about where, where my where my last where episode one ended and where this one began about the um, about the World War Two and World War Three thing. Um, I realized where I got that from, and I and I don't want to take credit from that. I I forgot where I got it from when I brought it up. Like I said, I just talk one thing leads to another. I just ramble on. 
there's no notes I follow. There's it, I just pull it from stuff I hear, from just, you know, from the back of my mind. And I realized where I heard that from. I heard it in another podcast, so I don't want to take credit for that. I heard it in another podcast. I didn't use someone else's material on purpose. I promise you I didn't. So if, if the person's podcast that I heard that from, I apologize. It was not on purpose. Like I said, I just like to ramble. Um, but yeah, so my apologies about that, but... From my understanding, that's that's a real thing, though. You know, I'm just I was just got to talking about medicines, um, so like that that also got got me thinking about just now. So when it comes to medicines, I remember being I think in third fourth grade, um, like a a museum person, somebody that worked at a museum or somebody that worked at some type of history surrounding that knew like the 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 history of medicine, like back in the those war like the you know World War One World War Two or you know, even, you know, around that, before that, I think it might have been the Civil War, it might have been the Cold War, could even, you know, it could be before, like, when there was only, like, muzzle guns, or, like, the, um, you know, like that, it could have been before the World Wars, um, they were, I remember they got to talking about if somebody got, like, shot in the arm or the hand, um, you, you, the only option, because of the, the lack of medicine they had, the only option they had was to cut off that limb, now, back then, they didn't have anesthesia, um, so what they did was they just, they had several saws to get through each layer of a limb. So you got the skin, the muscle, the bone, you know, the nerves and all that. So it had like several different saws and blades that were designed, that they thought were designed to get through each layer of a limb or each layer of a body part. So, you know, they break out the saw and, and they, they put a, um, a tourniquet so you don't bleed out around your, let's say you got shot in the, in the lower form, right? They put a tourniquet above the elbow They'll cut off about midway of the the uh, forearm. This is how he explained it. If if someone got shot in the hand or the lower forearm, or if something happened, or if you broke your arm, they even a lot of times they had to cut shit off if you broke a limb. That's crazy. Now they just cast it up and send you on your way. They put a tourniquet on so you don't bleed out, and then they break out a saw and start cutting your skin. There's no anesthesia. I mean, you could drink liquor and stuff, but that just makes you bleed more. But back then they didn't know that liquor was looked at as um, an anesthesia. Uh, heroin was an anesthesia, I think, about the World War II era. Uh, I know heroin was, it, it could have been, I think it went way back further then. Heroin was a um, a big one that they that they used for numbing or, you know, to help someone recover. So whatever they did, it was alcoholers or it was actual, like, heroin. They, um, they tried to get you as fucked up as possible, basically, off of uh, substances versus off of drugs or anesthesia, and they put a tourniquet on, they start sawing your skin, and of course, you're st- no matter how fucked up you are, like on, um, drugs or, or, uh, uh, alcohol, if you watch, see somebody cutting your arm, of course, you, it's just gonna fuck with you, so they, you know, they get to cut in your skin, then they use one to cut through your muscle, and then your bone, and when they get through your bone, they got, like, this rubber thing, and you know, your form has two bones in it, they got this rubber thing that they put in between those two bones, and they pull down, they pull all the the muscle and stuff in between the bone down so they can finish cutting through the bone and then they'll put like um like this rubber i'm pretty sure you've seen it in like like butcher shops or whatever the pack salt on there they believe salt um preserve things or it you know salt killed germs basically it sterilized it kept kept you from getting any more infections which salt it's not gonna keep you from getting gangrene and you know, all that shit that they were um, open to. So, they just put, and then they wrapped it up, and they, they you just walk around with this stump, or you don't walk around with them, pretty sure they have to just, they're done, they're sitting home or whatever, but, you know, most of those people had to die. Like, there was no, there was no cleanliness about it. Like, you had to do this in the middle of the battlefield. Like, you're you're in a mud trench, and people are doing this stuff, like, of course, you're going to eventually die from infections, you know, from gangrene or staph infection or whatever the the main thing was back then. I mean, shit was crazy back in the day. The Black Plague, like, all that shit. I remember um, I tattooed a plague doctor on my co-worker, and then, you know, he got to telling me more about... I didn't know, like, the, the point of the plague doctor's beak. Um, I was told two different things. I don't know which is the absolute truth. Either they kept their medicines in there that they would, you know, that they would use on the their uh, the people they were helping. They were real sick from the plague, or they would um, they believe whatever they had in there filtered out what was in the air. It was one of the two. Could have been both. I don't know. Um, 
But it was pretty cool. I did like an organic plague doctor, meaning like the beak was actually real and it was like his mouth and it was like open and he was like screeching and then there was like a little like London alley town under him. It was a pretty cool tattoo. I need to do another pass on it, do some white highlights. Um, but yeah, so about Christmas vacation, um, it was really fun. We played this game called, uh, what was it called? What was it called? Uh, it was basically, I can't remember the name. Who's more likely to? So who's more likely to? And then it was like this box of cards, like a hundred cards or something. And it's funny when you got a group of six to eight people. We we've we started off, we didn't really know exactly how the game was going to go. I mean, we read the instructions, but we didn't know that the more people, the fun it was going to be. And the reason why I say this is because we started off, we played with four people. And there's this box of cards, and one person gets a chance to read a card. For, so, for example, I'll pick up a card, and I'll say, who's more likely to post on Twitter? Uh, the world's going to end, right? Um, so we'll all look around and be like, I think such and such would tweet that. They get the card. Whoever gets seven cards loses, and then you can restart the game. But it's funner with, like, more people because... It takes longer for the game to end. You know, it takes longer for someone to get seven cards. And then also, this it's a bigger um, a bigger group of people. So, people's, like, opinions, you know, it's just funny. You know, you, you can only imagine why it would be funnier or fun, funner or funnier with more people. So, um, the second time we played, it was, like, six people, and it was funnier. And then on Christmas Day, it's like the whole family was over at my brother's house. That's where we had Christmas uh, dinner at. At my brother's house, uh, he has a nice house down in um, Southern Virginia that we inherited from my grandmother. Um, I own part of the house, but I, you know, I moved up to Maryland and he lives in it. But we had Christmas dinner there, and then like we all sat in the living room. It was like twelve of us all sat in the living room. Like my grandmother's like legally blind, she couldn't even read. So I read the cards for her, and then and then the person with that reads the card is called the judge. So it's ultimately up to them who gets the card. But of course, they should be influenced by who everybody picks that that card is relevant to so i would read the card for my grandma and then it's funny what she who she would think that card sounded like um because she is if you knew my grandmother she doesn't hold anything back she is just if she thinks that she says it but she's not if she said if she says something that sounds rude she doesn't mean to be rude she's the sweetest lady she's 83 she's the sweetest lady but she has the most uh unfiltered unfiltered uh way about her it's it's cool though so like hearing her think who she thinks and of course she knows all these people like we are all family so to, for her to be like oh i think it's that person because of this and we all just laugh but it was fun it was fun it was like 12 of us it was a lot of us just sitting in a circle in the living room um you know i had my my red wine some barefoot uh red moscato that's that's like one of my favorites now i went to the store to buy some more and all they had was the barefoot uh white moscato deliciously sweet I'm a, you know, I love sweet stuff. So I bought the white. The white's good. I know the red is more ideal for like fine dining, I think. And the white's more ideal. I think I could be wrong if you're like just at home and wanting to relax. Somebody told me eat red wine with like steak. You eat, I mean, you drink red wine with steak. You drink white wine with like chicken or fish. And that makes sense too. But last night I got home from work. I poured me a little bit of white wine. I ate some um, homemade fudge that my grandmother made for me. Cool thing about that fudge she made for me, it's mostly like diet friendly. Like I ate a few little cubes. They're like little um, half an inch by half an inch cubes of uh, dark chocolate morsels melted up with some cocoa powder and uh, some vanilla abstract and some chopped up almonds. And, you know, you mix it all up. You, you I, I don't, I think you, you cook it on the stovetop so it gets melty and then you refrigerate it and then you cut it up. So they're really good and they're not super un uh fat they're not super fattening which just uh since i'm back from vacation yesterday today and tomorrow i'm i'm not eating any carbs i'm only eating proteins and good fats just due to all the carbs that i ate while i was on vacation now next week i'm starting up uh back to my regular routine where i go to the gym mondays wednesdays and thursdays and my rest days are Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm sorry, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays are my workout days. Wednesdays and Thursdays are my rest days. So what I do is I lift Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and then I rest Tuesdays and Thursdays. On my rest days, I, I carb load, but it's good carbs. I eat like brown rice. I'll fix a meal like brown rice, or I'll fix a big like deli sandwich on wheat bread for lunch, and then have like chicken and brown rice and broccoli for dinner, or something like that. Or I'll fix like chicken tacos and whole wheat tortilla wraps and 
you know, I'll fix some black beans just so I can really pack some carbs in there. And and it's, it's really called carb cycling. So what I'm doing is so when I go to the gym in the morning and I'm lifting, all those carbs are going to fuel that. And then on the days that I lift, I would only eat um, proteins and good fats. It's my carb-free days. So my body is holding on to lean muscle but bu- but burning fat. It's kind of what I learned that works best for me. We all got to find which, what works best for us in certain programs or certain routines or you know if you want to get into working out and all that stuff I don't want to get too deep into that I will say that um I've been I've been on kind of this health lifestyle practicing a healthier lifestyle and just fitness and health or fish fish yeah, fitness and nutrition whatever you want to call it for about a year and two months year and three months now and I don't know like, people ask me, well, what motivated you? What got you started? You know, honestly, I have no idea. I cannot even tell you. I, I'm. A, it sounds corny, but I think a big part of it is I'm a huge um, Marvel fan, the MCU fan. of uh, You know, there's movies, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I just always wanted to be built, not like super bulky, but I wanted to be, have a nice physique, like what you see in comic books. How they're like lean but bulky at the same time, you know. And I, I always wanted to be built like that. And I was just always skinny fat, you know. I had a gut, I had, I had like weight under my chin, I had man boobs, and I had little arms, little legs. It was like skinny fat, like I was just not ideal to how I wanted to look. I was just didn't like how I looked. Basically, I looked in the mirror, I didn't how like how I looked. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to put a change to this. I did. I jumped in head first. Didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what workouts did what. I mean, of course. I'm 29 and I'm about to be 30. I've worked out before. I lifted before. Like, I know how to gain muscle, but I don't know how to get that that dream body. You know, I didn't know how to get that to where I wanted to be, how I wanted my body to look. I just know if I worked out, something will happen. So something back in my mind said I need to lose the weight first. Don't worry about the weights. Don't worry about weight training. Don't worry about building muscle. Let's lose the bad fat first. So what I did is I started... Head first, jumped in, got a gym membership. I started going six days a week doing, working out twice a day in the morning. And then when I got home from work, six days a week for like a month. And I did mainly like cardio type exercises. If I lifted, it was with lighter weight. I couldn't lift heavier weight just because I wasn't conditioned. Like my strength was gone. I wasn't, because I wasn't active before this, you know. I was just go to work, come home, uh, play the video game, eat whatever I wanted. And... You know, I was fat around the face and the stomach and stuff like that. So I knew that something had to happen if I just did a lot of cardio. If I just burnt more calories than what I put into my body, I cut out all almost all carbs. I only ate, I still only eat grilled meats. I cut out like a lot of carbs and I started eating more vegetables. That's all I did. I knew something had to happen. So I did that for like, a, like six months straight and I got like lean. I got like ripped. You know, I didn't have a lot of size to me, I was light, because all I did was cardio type exercises, but that's what you got to do, the the stuff that's not fun at first, you got to do the stuff that's not fun at first to get your body going, to get your, get your mindset in in a way that makes you um, mentally stronger, like it builds character, it really does, like if you put a difficult task in front of you, and you complete it, that builds character and makes every other difficult task that much easier. You get up and you get stuff done. You don't procrastinate as much. And if you put yourself through the hard workouts first, your body will start holding on to the good fats and burning the bad fats, even if you're just weight training. So basically, I just I just lost the weight first. And then I started, I was like, okay, you know, the, my stomach is nice and ripped and tight. And now I want to start uh, gaining muscle. But I didn't cut out cardio and I didn't... I was still eating very light because that's what I got accustomed to doing. That's just how I was conditioned. So I would lift. I was getting strong. I just wasn't gaining. Sorry, I just scraped my uh, stand well. I was getting stronger, but I wasn't gaining any muscle. I wasn't gaining side. I was just staying little, but I was getting stronger. So I was like, what should I do? So I got on this program about six months ago. It's called the uh, Superhero Bulking Program. It sounds corny, but the, the the reason why I got on this program is because it's it's key lifts and it, it it hits targeted areas that if these areas grow, you will have a more superhero physique 
instead of like a bodybuilder physique or athletic physique where everything's just bulkier, you know, it does, it's not going to bulk up your neck. It's not going to bulk up your traps, nothing like that. It's not, you're not going to have like super wide lats. Sorry if you don't know what none of that is, but, um, I don't really know how to dumb those areas down. So your traps are the muscles to the left and right of your neck. That's like on the top of your back. If that makes any sense and your lats are the muscles that's under like your armpits that go down to like they, they basically come from your back around your rib cage to on the sides that's your lats and then you know what your neck is you know you got you see the people with the fat necks like the wrestlers or the football players so this program kept those areas from growing so what you do is you, you, you it makes you grow your upper chest and your shoulders and your triceps and your biceps and then that's how that if you look at Chris Evans or if you look at Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth, they don't have big traps. They don't have, they don't look huge in like a regular outfit. You know, they only look huge if they wear some tight. And that's kind of where I wanted to be. I wanted to look bigger when I wear a tank top. But if I walk around in a hoodie, I don't look like a. I'm all stiff. And you know, I'm pretty sure you know what I mean. I don't want to look like a bodybuilder. I didn't want to look like someone who um, should be in a bodybuilder magazine. Nothing like that. I think the, and I'm going to do, so I want to talk about the, the program I started. So I started doing that, but I went from working out five to six days a week to this program saying you only need to work out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I'm not thinking because my body's so conditioned that there's exceptions to how, because I'm so, I got in such good shape, there's con, there's exceptions to how I got to train versus how I had to train in the beginning. Like now I'm not a beginner anymore. I can easily say I'm moderate to an expert, you know, because I know what to do to burn fat. My body knows how to burn fat now. I, I put my body in burn in, in fat burning mode, and all you gotta do is just do a lot of cardio and eat really uh, lean foods, and your body's in fat burning um, fat burning mode. And honestly, it's really hard to get your body out of that mode, and you really don't want it out of that per se, but you want to kind of, you still want, you want to put more calories in your body than what you're burning. You don't want to eat at a calorie deficient no more. And when you're burning fat, you need to eat a calorie deficient. It means burn more calories than you put in your body. And that's exactly what I got accustomed to doing. My body got used to that. So my body was in fat burning mode. So no matter how much I lifted, I still wasn't really gaining anything. So I got, I got on this, I'm like, ain't no way three days a week because you know, I still got the mindset that I should be working on five to six days a week because that's what I was used to. That's what I wanted to do. I enjoyed it. So it's like, ain't no way. So I'll work out. I tried it for the first week. I'm like, this is crazy. I feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel like I'm getting out of shape. In hindsight, I wasn't. But I feel like I was because I wasn't doing as much. So I was like, I'll go, you know, and it's mainly weight training work type workouts. It wasn't much cardio. So I thought it wasn't much cardio. I'll get into what actually what cardio is here in a second or my opinion what it is. Um, so... What I did was I decided to make go make thir- Tuesdays and Thursdays my concentrated cardio day. So I'll go hit like some plyometric cardio, some high intensity intervals. Um, if you don't know what all that is, it's very simple. It just means like you do like timed cardio type workouts. You'll do like jumping jacks for 30 seconds, switch to burpees 30 seconds, jump rope 30 seconds. And you'll do like three or four rounds. And it's quick, but it's effective. And you can do a mixture of whatever, box jumps. As long as it's, it's something where you're like, doing something kind of explosive type situation or type workout. Um, or you can just go run on a treadmill, run around a neighborhood if it's nice out, whatever. Uh, but yeah, so I dedicate Tuesdays and Thursdays to doing cardio. And that, in hindsight, was compromising what I was supposed to be doing in this workout plan. So I completed the workout plan last week, and I decided I'm going to stick to this program to a T the last two weeks, and I noticed a little bit of growth. So I'm like, shit, this is the most growth I've had during the whole six months because I actually stuck to a T. I only worked out with the, when they say worked out and I only did what they said do because even on like Mondays and, and Fridays, I would do a little bit of cardio after my weight training, and it didn't call for that. And the reason why I didn't call for that is because when I was originally signed up for the program, they asked, how experienced are you in this, that, and third? If you're more experienced, your body doesn't need as much cardio to burn fat. And that's a good thing about putting yourself through that much conditioning in the beginning is your body doesn't need as much cardio to burn fat once you've developed a certain way or conditioning about yourself. So my body doesn't need as much cardio to burn fat, but I thought it did because I was just like, again, I was just so accustomed to that. So, you know, and long story short, I was I was messing up my own progress by by trying to do more. 
So if you if you want to get in shape or whatever, there's plenty of programs out there. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I will say stick to it to a T. Follow what it says. Nutrition is key. You cannot outwork a bad diet. Um, it's just it's just how things are. You just cannot outwork a bad diet. Like you can do all the working out in the world. If you're eating McDonald's or cheeseburgers or whatever every day, you, you're not gonna see much change. So change your your uh, eating habits first. But like I said, I don't I don't want to get even though I just got deep into it. I don't want to get too deep into it. But today, tomorrow be first week of um, getting back into the superhero program, but following it to a T. Following it to a T. I'm only gonna work out when and what they say work out. So I'm gonna see how that goes. Um, it's a six month program. After six months, I think I'm gonna do the warrior shredding which is made just to get rid of any little fat that you may have picked up just from lack of cardio. Um, but the program does have cardio. So what I wanted to get into about cardio is I used to think unless it's like a concentrated uh, explosive or running uh, exercise, it's not cardio. I learned that that's false. So cardio means any cardio workout is anything that works your cardiovascular system, anything that works your heart and your lungs, where you're breathing heavy, you're sweating, Anything that works your cardiovascular, that's a cardio short for cardiovascular. Anything that works that is considered a cardio workout. So I learned that a lot of these, so Mondays and Thursdays, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I'm like, I'm only lifting. But they have cardio lifting type exercises called rest pause, it's called straight sets, where you... So rest pause is like, and it also gets the galactic acid to your muscles. I know I'm going over a lot of heads right now. A lot of people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is losing my interest. I don't want to hear about this. Basically, you can do cardio with weight training. But like I said, long story short, just just do a lot of, do actual cardio in the beginning. If you plan on getting into it, do a lot of cardio in the beginning. Eat at a calorie deficient. Get your body conditioned. Get your lungs strong. Get your body conditioned. And after that, you don't have to do as much cardio. That's all I'm getting at. But, um, yeah, so I left the gym today. Today was leg day. Leg day, man. Leg day is bittersweet because it, it's it's crazy doing those leg workouts. But then when you leave, I feel like it gives you that best high. You know, there's such thing as like a runner's high or, you know, a high you get from just being active. Um, today's cardio. The there's more concentrate cardio on leg day. You get on a bike for about nine minutes. You do 30 seconds real fast and then a minute um, just kind of slow pumping. And you do that six rounds and it's nine minutes, but it's it's good You because you kind of put a restriction on a bike. So your, um, your legs are like on fire when you're done. And then make sure you stretch really good. Uh, but like I said, I don't want to make this... And I know I am, and it sounds like I am. <laughs> it's just an interest of mine, that's why. Uh, but if you listen to this and, and you enjoy what I'm talking about, cool. If if this is boring you, I apologize. I don't mean to be boring. I wanted these to be more interesting. I really didn't want to get that deep into that, but it just kind of took over. Like I said, I'm just talking what comes to my mind. So let's get to talking about um, my hobby. So I like to play the video game. Um, so what I do, I'm, I'm not all work. You know, I, enjoy, I love playing Call of Duty. I'm not that great at it. I'll, I'll have my games where I'm really good. Then I'll have my games where it looks like I, I just picked up the sticks for the first time. But uh, I enjoy it, though. Like, I'm not all work, you know? Um, it's cool to just sit back like now. Like, I'm sitting back. I'm just talking. It's 11.43. I should be cooking my uh, my food for the day. But I'm about to wrap this up here in a little bit. It's almost been 40 minutes. So this is a good podcast. I'm actually um, talking about some stuff. And what I did, I, th- I think I mentioned it earlier, but what I did is I turned my cellular uh, signal off. So I can't receive calls or texts while I'm recording which is hopefully a good thing. Um, I, I, I haven't received any calls or texts, knock on wood. Um, but usually I knock on my forehead when I say that because I'm a very hard-headed person. And I'll tell you why I'm hard-headed. I can't tell you what the, the reason why I'm hard-headed, but I'm going to give examples of how I'm hard-headed. So I I feel like experience is the best teacher. Experience is the best parent. Even if you came up with a great like parental environment, you know, a mom, a dad, or someone who really taught you some lessons. I honestly feel like there's nothing better than experience. Um, I didn't have the best parental uh, guidance growing up. You know, I'm the oldest of two younger brothers. Uh, we grew up right on the, the, the poverty line. 
you know, between uh, low and poor class. My mom was in and out of jobs. She never kept a steady job. Not to put her on blast. I love my mother to death. Um, she she wasn't really, you know, she but she never really held a stable job. That's just how it was. Let's keep it real. She never hold, held a stable job. Um, me and my brothers all got separate dads. None of our dads were in our lives growing up. You know, I know who my dad is. I met him once or twice as a kid. I, I got in touch with him about four years ago on Facebook. We haven't really been back and forth since, though. Um, but, yeah, so none of us really knew our dad growing up. We knew of them. So, um, you know, there was no father figure. My mom, like I said, I'm not trying to put her in blast. I'm just keeping it real. She never really kept a uh, stable relationship either. I mean, there wasn't much stability about her. And that's not a bad thing. It is what it is. Everybody's different. Everyone, you know, they have their reasons for things. Um, as I got older, I started to realize that maybe she, you know, she needed her own help. You know, she needed help. Maybe, you know, like when you look back, it must have been hard to raise three boys as a single mom. And you got to like, you know, financially support them and mentally, uh, emotionally support them. You know, they're in school. They got they got to do this. They got to do that. So thank God my grandma was around to help. My grandma is a saint. Like she, I don't want to take any credit from my mother. I know she tried. She did what she thought she, you know, she did what she felt was right, which is good. Like, you know, it was very um, conditioning to the man I am now. You know, if I was raised up by perfect parents and I'm telling who I would be, I, I took uh I took those and I learned lessons from them. So experience is the best teacher. I took, um, you know, not having the best upbringing and took that and turned it into fuel. And that just made a spark and that spark grew into this fire. And now I'm just in it, you know. Um, and my younger brother's like that too. Like he, we didn't have stuff we wanted as kids. So it's like, I'm a, if I can make it, I'm going to do it. You know, if I want a newer car, I'm going to work for it. If I want a nice house, I'm going to work for it. You know, some some uh, some winters without heat, some summers without air. I'm pretty sure some of us have been there, done that. You know, um, whole whole childhood on food stamps and free lunch at school. You type in your code and you you don't have to pay for your lunch. And if it never came through, you just didn't eat that day because you didn't have money to buy your food. You know, it it is what it is. Like I'm not definitely definitely not trying to tell a sob story at all. This is by no means for anybody to feel bad for me because believe me. I'm blessed. I'm very thankful for the uh, the trials that I went through to put me, to condition me who I am. If my life was all roses and and golden platters, I wouldn't, I couldn't uh, be self-stabilizing. I couldn't be self-efficient is the word I'm looking for. I would not be self-efficient at all. And I'm not saying if for those who came up that way, I don't want my child to need for anything as a kid and that's that's another reason I'm working hard as I am I don't want them to come up in that but they will learn the value of hard work they will learn that um you know you know people believe poor people just stay poor and the rich just stay rich I'm gonna be honest with you the people who feel that way they feel like poor just stay poor is because they don't want to get off their ass now if you have a disability where you can't I apologize I'm not you know that's the exception I was talking about earlier there is exceptions to everything but for the most part people who feel that way just don't want to get off their ass they want to live off the government if you're perfectly physically uh I don't say perfectly but if you're physically capable of working get out there and work you know I do it most people who are working towards success all people who are working towards success who didn't have any money coming up are working their ass off. You can change what uh, lifestyle you're in. I guess it would be called a lifestyle. You know, you got the, what class you're in. You got the, the poor class, the low class, the middle class, the high class. As long as I can live in the middle class and be comfortable and financially stable, I'm fine with the middle class. I mean, I do have dreams of living in a high class where I'm making, you know, half a mil a year and stuff like that. But that, that to me isn't practical. I'm not saying you can go from being poor to all of a sudden just having millions of dollars unless you're like, an, uh, you know, you become a, a famous entertainer, you know, you're making music or a sports player. But I'm saying like as the average, like really hardworking person, you can go from the poor class to the middle class. Middle class is a is a very comfortable and, and sought out. There's rich people who are, are considered middle class. Like if you make... $200,000 $200, a year, that's considered middle class. 
that's rich. Two hundred thousand dollars a year is 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 wealthy. You're good. You have you should have financial freedom. You should have a nice car. You should have a nice house if you're making that much. Unless like you're just in this crazy debt and you're not even seeing none of that money, or you just owe all this child support. Which at the same time, that's choices that you may put yourself on. But let's hope none of that stuff is permanent if you're dealing with that. But like, if I can get up where I'm making three, four hundred thousand dollars a year. I'm happy. I mean, anybody would be. You know, there's people who just want to make six figures a year. I don't want to speak on what I make, but let's just say if I get up to 400000 that's that's a realistic goal for me. Let's put it like that. And I, hopefully that's not too personal. I don't care. It is what it is. I, I work very hard to be where I'm at now. So I don't see it stopping anytime soon. By the grace of God, it hopefully it doesn't stop anytime soon. Knock on wood. All that good stuff. But I'm not going to let up anytime soon. You know, I'm in control of my own work ethic. Um... I pray that I stay healthy enough to do so. And that's all I can do. Um, I pray for opportunities. You know, we got to take advantage of opportunities. A lot of us don't see opportunities when they're in our, when they're in our face. We get scared or we're scared of change. Or maybe we ha- we start having self-doubt because of what people are telling us or of other failures that we've had. you got to grasp opportunities. Opportunities are your best friend. And when you have an opportunity to do something, you will never know how much, how life-changing that would be until you do it. And then you'll, you'll be so thankful that op- that opportunity was presented for you by whatever higher, higher power you believe in, if you believe in a higher power. I believe opportunities are granted to us. We all are blessed with opportunities. And like I said, there's exceptions to everything. But for the most part, statistically speaking, we're all blessed with opportunities. And most of us are too scared to grab those opportunities. And then we look at the people who are like making it and be like, oh, they're lucky. They get to do this. They, you know, they, they put themselves on a crutch because they're too scared to do what that person did. So don't ever... Don't ever put yourself on a crutch. Don't cripple your own success because you think this or that person was lucky or you think this or that person has the better hand, you know, they'll dealt the better hand. No, like don't don't put them on the pedestal. You could be there. Just grab those opportunities. If you honestly waking up every day and stepping out that bed is an opportunity. So, you know, if you especially if you have a talent. Now, everyone isn't blessed with talents. Um, they they could be and just not know it, but majority of us will never know what our true talent is. I was blessed that I did. I have the talent of art. Um, so since I have the talent of art, I took a I took advantage of the opportunity. See, a lot of us have talents and don't take advantage of them. That's another thing I want to you know I don't want to get too deep about, but let's just talk about people who are taking advantage of their talents. People who make a living off of their talents tend to make more, just because talents are rare. So anything that's more rare, you can make more off of. Now, if you're in the same business as me and you're not making as much as me, um, just work hard. I promise you it will pay off. Um, you're going to go. I went days where I had to sacrifice um, eating because I had to put gas in my car to get to the tattoo shop. Get to the tattoo shop, not make a dollar. Coming home from the tattoo shop, running out of gas, had to call somebody. Either I had to walk home or I had to call somebody to come and get me because I went to work, didn't make a dollar, didn't have enough money to fill my put gas back in my car, didn't have enough money to eat that day. But because that was that slight chance, I could have went to work and just even made 30 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever. It was that slight chance. And because I did that, it conditioned my mind to to know what it's like to go to work and make something. Like, damn, now I'm actually making, you know. And also, the more you're in a, especially for tattoo artists, the more you're in one spot for, for a longer time, the longer you're in one spot, the more people are going to know who you are. The more people know who you are, the more people who are going to start talking. The more people are talking, boom. You, you got your first, second, third client. When you tattoo one person, it's a uh, snowball effect. They're going to tell their friends. One out of those five people that see that tattoo or they tell about their tattoo is going to be interested. They come and get a tattoo. So it's, it's a snowball effect. You just Even when it seems like it's the hardest, when you got the, the worst luck or whatever in, in, your, in your career or in your job, stick to it. I can promise you. Something's going to happen if you work super hard. Something's going to happen. And I mean that in a positive way. Something beneficial is going to come from you working hard. You, Especially if you're blessed with a talent. If you're blessed with a talent and you put everything into it, 
it will not blow up in your face. And I can almost guarantee that. But um, on that note, get out there and get it. Make your goals come true. Make goals. Uh, turn dreams into goals. Sorry. Turn dreams into goals. Make those goals happen. Don't let don't let anyone tell you that your goals or your dreams are dumb. There's people that's going to. I'm not going to say don't let them tell you. They're going to tell you. Don't believe them. Don't let them decide your destiny or your fate or whatever you want to call it. Don't let them make you miss your opportunities. Don't let them let you miss out on living the life you want to live. Um, and what's funny is most for most of us, it's people who are in our immediate circle tell us certain things are dumb. You know, uh, I don't know if it's because I don't know why it's in this more personal. It comes from someone like that. So you believe it. But I think it's, they're rubbing their limits on you. Don't let anyone else limit you. You know, don't let someone put their limits on you. Someone else's limits has nothing to do with what you're capable of doing. Just like, for example, and I hate to like use myself as an example, but it's the only example I can give you. I don't, I don't, I haven't got a chance to live in anyone else's mind or body. So the only example I can give you is my own. And I don't like making everything about me, even though it may sound like I do, but I can't. But I'm gonna just use this example. But it's a true story. So. As a tattoo artist, we all have different qualities. We all have different capabilities, but we all aim to put out a great tattoo, most of us. Like I said, there's exceptions to everything. When I say we or all of people, just always remember that I, I'm talking about the vast percentage. So the vast percentage of tattoo artists all aim to put out great tattoos. I'm pretty sure if you're a tattoo artist and you love what you do, you can agree with this. Regardless of your style, regardless of how fast or slow you work, or regardless of how many smoke breaks you take, you want to put out a great tattoo. Even if it takes five sessions, you want that tattoo to look as best as you can, right? So you take tattoo artist A, who may not work that fast, but their work is amazing. So you're going to get a tattoo done in eight hours, but it's going to look amazing. And I can only use myself as this, and I'm not trying to brag by any means, but I can only speak about what I experienced. You bring that same tattoo to me, I may or may not make it look as good as this person can, but I could probably do that tattoo in about five hours, charge you the same amount, but I can get you in and out faster. So that's pain that's over with done. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because don't let this person that's going to take eight hours on this tattoo limit you on what you can do with this tattoo. Or would you, if you're a contractor or um, if you're into whatever, if you build something with your hands, don't let... Or, if you, you know, whatever work, don't let this person limit what you can do just because they can't do what you can do. And then you, you start believing, well, damn, maybe I can't do this tattoo in five hours. It would have to take me eight. Like, no. Like, if you can finish, if you can finish your work faster and it's just as, um, I don't want to say good, you know, because, you know, what if you're not good as that tattoo artist and the amount of time you spend on it has nothing to do with it. It's just your lack of experience. But if... If you could finish that same amount of work and it's just as uh, complete, let's put it like that, as this person's not done yet, don't feel bad. Don't feel like you did something wrong. No, everybody moves at their own pace in life, period. People drive at different speeds. That's a perfect example. People drive at different speeds. I may get, you know, you may get there before I do, but you got there just perfectly safe, right? You didn't hit anything. You you was able, you, you stopped at every light, but for whatever reason, you got there first. Doesn't mean I drove wrong. Doesn't mean you drove wrong. So that's that's a that's a pretty good analogy, and I just came up with that. But with that being said, uh, get out there, do it. Don't let nobody put their limitations on you. Don't let nobody crush your dreams. Have a good one. I will uh, talk to y'all next Friday.